What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Leads, your healthy dose of leadership. I am your host, PJ Reed. Welcome to this very special Father's Day episode of Vitamin Lead. Uh, man, I know that for so many of you, uh, Father's Day might be a tough day. Maybe you didn't have a good dad or you've lost your dad recently, but I just really wanted to take some time to honor the good dads in our life, the ones that are rocking and rolling on a daily basis. So uh, for our first interview, I wanted to invite my best friend and uh, one of the great dads that I know that I just learned a lot from. His name is Steve Gagney. And so, Steve, I'm so glad to have you here on Vitamin Lead. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What is up, TJ? Um, I'm really excited to be on the podcast with you today. Um, I've been listening since episode one. And so um, this is a dream come true. I'm just playing. But uh, no. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, right now I live in Pensacola, Florida. But I actually grew up uh, just south of Boston. And I've been down here in Pensacola since 2010. And I have uh, a wife and two awesome kiddos. And they're incredible. My whole family is awesome. But uh, yeah, so um, how I ended up down here, uh, I was living in Detroit prior to this. And actually, you, need, you and I, TJ, we lived in Detroit together. And um, yep. <laughs> Do you remember that? Um, but yeah, no, it, was, <laughs> it was like a lifetime ago. Um, yeah. But before, before that, lived in Pennsylvania uh, after college uh, where we met and um, just been on this journey called life. Uh, been a business owner, been in food service, been in marketing and design. And currently, I actually work on a shipyard with a big boat owned by the richest man in the world. <laughs> you, you're working for Jeff Bezos, huh? Well, I don't work directly for Jeff Bezos, but I work with uh, his company called Blue Origin. And they have a ship down here uh, in the port of Pensacola. And we are recommissioning the ship to be the first ever rocket ship landing pad for his company called Blue Origin. And Blue Origin's big-time goal, long-term goal, is to colonize space. And this ship is going to be a part of that process. So it's kind of crazy. Well, that's awesome. We will have to, five, ten years from now, do our next interview from space. (laughs) That'd be great. Steve, you, you and I, we met at uh, Valley Forge Christian College, now called the University of Valley Forge. Uh, we kind of got randomly paired together. Yeah. And uh, we, were just, we were just saying before the podcast episode, uh, this fall will be 18 years of friendship. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, this time, 18 years ago, it was our last summer at our home. Uh, for me, it was Massachusetts. For you, it was Ohio. And we didn't know that... August of 2001, we would be paired up. The greatest ears in the world and the greatest nose in the world would become a dynamic <laughs> duo. <laughs> and uh, I, think, but, <laughs> I, I think for this podcast episode photo, we're going to have to put the one up with you and the fro and me pointing into the distance for uh-huh. everybody to see. 
that is a classic photo. Um, I can't wait for the Vitamin League community community to see that photo because it is the quintessential TJ and Steve photo from our years of uh, roaming the college campus in Pennsylvania. That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Steve, Steve, how many years ago did you become a dad? So my uh, daughter was born in 2009. In fact, it was just her birthday um, this last week. So she is now 10 years old. So I, I now have officially have a child in double digits. And um, so she was born in Midtown Detroit. And um, not, it was nine months later that we actually moved here to Florida. So That's crazy. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a double digit dad. Yeah, 10 years, man. It's like a, it's crazy. It's like this milestone. You know, I have, I have a preteen. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. That's, uh, that's tough, I'm sure. Getting ready for all the fun stuff. Oh, yeah. We're having the talks. You know, it's not your season to date. So don't worry about boys. Um, <laughs> you know, m- mom is buying her training bras, like all that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's that time of life, man. You just got to roll with it, you know? She's going to hear vitamin lead and go, Dad, I can't believe you should. <laughs> she, she's going to be really embarrassed if she hears that I talked about that. <laughs> so, yeah, Steve. We, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? <laughs> so, so, here's my first question, Steve. Okay. Why, does, why does a great dad need to be a great leader? Why does a great dad need to be a great leader? Um, I heard this awesome thing actually just the other day where um, they're talking about, about growing up and about raising children and, you know, uh, giving birth to a child is only just the beginning of a process, the beginning of a responsibility. And um, often in life, not just with our children, but even, you know, with, with dreams or, um, with goals that we set, uh, but especially with children that we see today, um, a lot of dads, they feel like, well, I made a kid, I did my job, and they just kind of go on with life. But, um, you know, birthing, like I said, is only the beginning. Uh, we can't just let them fend for themselves and figure out life. Our goal should be to equip them with the necessary tools, you know, to move out of our house and move into their own house and start their own family. If that's, you know, the direction they go in. But, um, you know, as dads, we need to show them how to be successful in life. We have to give them the tools and, um, even vision to, to see their lives as much more than just their own little world and their own little sphere. But, you know, there's a big world out there, you know, and, as technology increases and as, as you get older, that world feels smaller and smaller for sure. But yeah. um, they need to learn to see beyond themselves. But um, children, you know, they're born naturally selfish and um, you know, they're, they're needy, they're selfish and it's our job to care for them. But um, part of caring for them is teaching them that they have to move beyond that. And, and so that requires leadership. It requires um, seeing their gifts, their talents, the potential inside of them, and learning how to hone that and craft that and provide them opportunities to, to fail, but also give them the tools to succeed. 
and to help them grow up to become um, people that give back, people that impact the lives around them and ultimately the world. And that's kind of a, always our big goal is that our kids would, would impact the world. But in the process, not forget, you know, who they are as a person, their identity and their uniqueness and their call. And so that's, that's why it requires great leadership. Yeah, I like that because that, that whole thing about like teaching them to like look beyond themselves and things like that. I, uh, I, I heard Rob Bell do a podcast recently uh, called Is This Your First Accident? where he was talking about like how he got in an accident with his daughter. And then he asked her that question, is this your first accident? And he talked about the necessity to like kind of provide commentary for their lives so yeah. they realize like what's normal, uh, what isn't normal, because they don't know. This is their first time going through it, but maybe we've gone through it a couple times before. And so it's so important to be kind of that, that voice of commentary, helping them to process all the things they're going through. Yeah, and I think that's part of the struggle. Um, you know, this millennial generation, they often I've heard them referred to as the fatherless generation. Uh, they're growing up without dads or without a strong male influence. And that's part of the challenge that they have is no one's providing the commentary apart from Hollywood or Twitter or Instagram that that's where they're getting their, their commentary from. But, that's the, good. but you know, Instagram doesn't know them, you know, uh, what do they say? Uh, 10% of your life is what people see on, on social media. So 90 percent of who they are is unknown to those voices that are providing the commentary. So how can they accurately lead them and speak into their lives in a way that's going to help them, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. That's the, the being raised by social media. And man, I, I think about all the times I put the, the camera in my daughter's face and ask her to <laughs> take a picture or, uh, videotaper. It's just almost like we're creating these people that are are just gonna be acting most of the time and never yeah. really getting to the core of who they are. If I'm not careful. Yeah. Oh, just for an example, on Saturday it was my daughter's uh, dance recital, and so we're taking pictures afterward, and we're all smiling and posing. And my son says, "Dad, I want to take a picture." My son's four years old. He grabs my phone with the camera. He points it up at his sister, tells her a smile, takes the picture. And as soon as he takes it, he immediately hits the photo album button and it pulls up the photo. And then he pinches the screen and zooms in and says, Allie, look at how pretty your smile is. It was really cute. It was really cute. And he was being really like nice and, you know, uh, charming with his sister. But with how quickly he performed these, you know, this whole process and how naturally, like he didn't even hesitate picture, photo album, pinch to zoom in and then showed her the picture. And we just looked at each other and I was like, I cannot believe he, I, he just did that flawlessly. Um, and it's not like he, he hardly has my phone in his hands, but for some reason, it's just like, it's this thing that's becoming so intuitive to, to, to this generation that, yeah, we have to be careful. And we could do a whole topic on um, technology, on screen time. Um, that's, there, there's studies going on right now about all of that. And that, you know, that could be another uh, series for your vitamin lead, you know. Yeah. Whew. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lead your kids in technology, please, parents. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All of us are learning, but we got to do something. That's good. Yes. Yeah. All right. So here's here's a here's a, a second question for you, Steve. Uh, what's something unique you've done with your kids that you think would be beneficial for other dads to apply? Yeah. So this kind of um, this comes right off the that first that first question. Uh, for me anyway. So something unique, there's uh, some things that we've decided to do as a family and um, to sp- as in terms of spending time together, but also um, fostering gifts that are in our kids. Uh, so one of the things that we've done is um, family night and the family night from week to week can vary. Sometimes it's game night. Sometimes it's going to a park. But uh, what we've tried to do is incorporate into that family art night. So um, probably about every other family night, we try to make it art night and we allow um, our children to express themselves. So it could be music, it could be drawing, it could be clay, it could be cooking. Um, because I always tell people, you know, um, food, cooking is known as culinary arts, you know, so, so cooking is just as much an art as painting if you take it seriously and if it's a gift that you have. And so we try to incorporate the arts into our home uh, on a weekly basis. And, and I'll even go as far while we're painting or drawing. I have the record player playing and I have like Chopin or something. I have like some vinyl <laughs> records going. I got jazz. I got classical. Um, I even have this uh, classical French um, album that's got like this accordion that comes in. And um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but all of it is I'm trying to foster this, um, the the gifts of the arts because th- my children have them. My daughter at ten is um, teaching herself songs on the piano. Um, she's writing songs for her American Girl dolls <laughs> with her guitar. Um, she she loves to draw and write stories. My son he loves to drum and sing and um he makes up spontaneous songs in the car and so it's something that we've noticed that as a family we enjoy and um so as parents i see my kids excelling in the arts and i say all right let's incorporate family time in a way where we can also invest in the gifts and talents of our children so um so family night and family art night is one of those and then a, a second one is um, based on this. All right. So there's this philosophy, life philosophy. There's a way of life culture called Huga. It's H-Y-G-G-E. And uh, my wife has some Danish in her. And so this is something that kind of came up on our radar uh, a couple of years ago. And so I started to kind of look into it a little bit. And I ended up buying a book about Huga. And Huga essentially is the life philosophy of creating a place that is warm and um, promotes safety and intimacy. And um, as a culture, you know, in in the country of Denmark, throughout the winters, they're long and dark and cold. And so the people, they um, value and they really crave close, intimate relationships and spaces that foster that because the need to feel warm and cozy and close to people, especially in the middle of the cold, dark 
long winter is is vital to their their health and their mental wellness and so um, they strive in their to create their homes and their space to be a place that promotes huga and so this is something uh, that we have begun to try to incorporate into our lives and into our homes um, and we demonstrate that with hospitality uh, I think hospitality culturally is something that we expect from restaurants and grocery stores and the movie theater, but we really neglect it largely in our own home. And uh, we have our personal space. We have our personal things. We need our time away, which is true. We do need time. We need a safe place that we can go to where we can unwind and relax and, um, you know, come down from our work day. But we have to also have to remember that our home is, um, is a tool. It's something that is given to us as a way to in- impact the lives around us. And opening our home is a, a vital part to that, to uh, influencing our communities, to um, improving the lives of our neighbors um, and, and lifting people up. It's uh, opening our home. And so one of the things that we try to do kind of along with family night and art night is we have hospitality times where we, we get together as a family and we say, okay, who do we want in our home? We'll even pray about it. Who, God, who do we want in our home? Who do you want us to invite over for dinner? Who needs a dinner? Who needs to feel warm and safe? Who needs a, a hug? You know, uh, who could benefit from sitting at our table and that and we can just love on them and just let them know that they're important and that they're valuable. And then what we do is we involve the whole family in preparing the home for our guests to come. So it, with cooking, with cleaning, um, you know, my daughter will do the dishes. She'll dust the baseboards. Uh, my son will help clean stuff up. He'll help me in the kitchen. Um, and, uh, and as a family, as a whole, my, my wife, you know, she decorates the table and we, we put out candles and we light candles and we have music playing. And, and as a family, all together, we all pitch in and prepare our home for our guests so that when they come, they feel loved, they feel welcome, they feel uh, important. And um, but it's, there are times where it's even gone a step further where I even had um, a dream about one of the families that we had talked about inviting. I had a dream about the food that I was going to serve them. And I actually made the menu based on the dream that I had. And, and I said, all right, why is this important? Why do I, why do I need to serve these people this food? Well, then I ended up finding a scripture in the Bible that included ingredients in the meal. And there was a scripture and I shared it. I actually, I handmade them a card as an invitation and I drew a picture of the meal on the card and I wrote the, that Bible verse inside the card and gave it to them as their invitation. And, um, and they were like, wow, this means so much to us because we're actually going through this, this season right now in our life. And what this Bible verse says actually talks directly to something that we're dealing with in our family. And so it was this really cool moment of just like, all of these things coming together um, where we could just, you know, honor them and bless them. 
and um, just pour into their lives. And so we want our kids to, to, to see, again, life is not just about them. You know, what we have is given to us for the purpose of then blessing others. And so our home is just an extension of that. So that's so good. Yeah. I think that's such good insight about the home and like involving your kids in that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we, we love it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a follow-up question about like the, the art night and stuff like that. Um, they, you had said that your kids are artistic. And so uh, is there, is there something that you did to like really recognize that that was a talent that they had? Well, um, if, uh, if there might be some parents out there that maybe their kids are artistic, but they're trying to figure out like, how does my kid tick? Like what makes them tick that would be helpful in, in that for them? Yeah, well, one of the things is just um, observing, not trying to force your child into something. Um, like, you know, we, we try to involve our kids in a lot of different activities. But then what we do is we step back and we say, okay, what is it that they're gravitating to? Like, we'll give them choices. Okay, would you rather go to the park and throw the football or kick a soccer ball? Or would you rather go to the library because they're having this special art show there and, and see which they would prefer. And, um, or, you know, say, say my son says, you know, what? I'd rather go kick the soccer ball. Well, let's go kick the soccer ball. And then next time it comes around say, Hey, you know what? Last time we kicked the soccer ball this time, let's go to the art show at the library. And then after we go, I'll ask him, Hey, which did, which did you like more? Did you like kicking the soccer ball or did you like going to the art show instead? And, and then just see what he says. And yes, he's only four years old, but man, we cannot underestimate our kids um, at their age, the things that they understand and comprehend and how they can express themselves. Um, you know, it can start at an early age and, uh, but just asking questions. And cause you know, I, I grew up playing soccer. I played soccer for 18 years, but I also took art classes and I enjoyed both, but I spent more time playing soccer and when I think back, I don't regret that, but I do wish I invested more in the arts in my own personal life. Hmm. So what I want to do is because part of it was it was convenient for my parents to put me in soccer because it kept me busy, kept me active. I was very, very active as a child and my son is following suit. Um, and so he's very, very active. And but, you know, my parents didn't really think much about the arts or you know, do I want to play an instrument? They figured I just didn't care and just wouldn't be interested. But the truth is, I, there was actually several instruments I wanted to play, but I never knew it was an option. Yeah. And so, so now as a dad, I see that and I'm not, not putting my parents down in any way. You know, they did what they knew to do. I love my parents. I have a great relationship with them. But, you know, for myself, I'm saying, okay, I, as, a, as a child going into my teen years, um, there was a part of me that wished I had more options to explore other parts of my life that I enjoyed. And I, so early on, I want to see if I can provide my kids that option or let them know at least there are multiple options. There are multiple doors to walk through and see which one they gravitate toward. That's good. And, uh, you know, and just, and let them try it out. And if it doesn't work, then you just move on to the next thing, you know? And say, look, there's no shame. If, if you end up not liking it, that's okay. You know, we'll just, we'll do something else next time. And then, um, but in that process, 
we've and then just in everyday life and play we're in the car and my daughter says yeah i wrote a song i wrote a song about sunshine and my son says at four he says yeah i have a song about sunshine too the sun shines it's really bright it wakes me up in the morning and and he just and we he's like yeah that's my song and we're like man that's awesome he was like on pitch and he was excited he just made it up on the spot and so we're like, man, that's super cool. Um, and so who knows? Maybe he'll be a singer. Yeah. Um, so and, and, encourage him in that. Say, you know what? Sing another song. Write, you know, write me another song. And if he says, nah, I don't really like that. Or, nah, I don't really care. Then that's okay. But you don't know unless you water it, you know? Yeah, um, sometimes, it, sometimes it's just watering the seeds to see what grows, you know? That, that's good. That's that's definitely some wise stuff to give them, give them choices, but also like give them exposure to a variety of things. That's good. Yeah. Well, Mr. Gagney, we are we're, we're <laughs> 25 minutes and we knew this was going to be the case because we like talking to each other. Um, and I love hearing your, your thoughts here. Let's make this a two part podcast. Here. We'll do a two part interview. But right totally. here, we'll uh, we'll finish part one. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. Uh, This is your special Dad's Day interview with Steve Gagney. We will be back tomorrow with part two of this interview. Thank you for joining us.